Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk AM 1150. Eric, didn't I just see you last week? Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't feel like it's been a week, but (laughs) yes, you did. I know. A lot of times I come in and I'm like, God, I'm back already. That's incredible. (laughs) It just flew by. Feels like it was just yesterday. Well, every Wednesday live at 2 p.m., we we have a new show, and then they're, of course, archived online on iTunes as a free audio podcast and on our website, which just got a makeover, by the way. So if you haven't been to the new site, definitely check it out, dogradioshow.com. So remember when I was talking, Eric, this fall about how I had a very short uh, spot on A&E Network featuring my work uh, with private training clients, and also featuring The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Yeah, I remember. And it aired on A&E throughout the network uh, this fall. And um, just the, let's see, a few weeks ago, I got word that I was able to finally share the video, you know, through social media and post it on our Facebook page and Twitter and all that stuff. And because I hadn't... uh, you know, wasn't able to share it publicly until the network was done with it. So I am uh, have posted it on our Facebook page, and it's also um, on the homepage of our website. So you can check out that spot. It ended up looking really great, and a couple of my dogs are in it with me, and you can see me in the booth and me also sort of um, in the field, so to speak, working with clients, and uh, it was really fun, and it um, goes by pretty fast, but it turned out really great. It was a really fun experience, so you can check that out if you just go to dogradioshow.com. It's on the homepage right there. Just click play, and the video will start playing. There's also a section on the new website. There's a lot of new stuff that wasn't on the old site, and then there's a lot of stuff that was on the old site. Of course, all of our... Um, episodes now over 300 are archived on the podcast page so you can listen to all of those anytime you want Um, we also have a section of my favorite building a library of some of my favorite dog videos which I always enjoy I mean when they're good they're real good like there's the one I don't know if you guys have seen of this um, I think it's a man filming his husky in his backyard and there's this gigantic pile of leaves and the dog is like, well, you know, bounds into the pile, literally disappears into the leaves and then comes exploding out, racing around. And it's just such a, so funny to watch. And there's, there's one of like a poodle playing the piano and singing and like, it actually is like hitting keys and then like making itself howl and they're just adorable. So those are really fun to watch too. Uh, and you can click on a link to see all of the videos that I've posted so far there from that homepage as well. And a bunch of other stuff, too. There's a blog, um, building a larger and larger library of articles that I've written about various dog-related topics. Of course, my expertise is in dog training and behavior. So I'll write quite a bit about that. And uh, this week, actually going to talk on the show about separation anxiety, which is something that I'm called out for quite a bit in my um, private training business, uh, Sensitive Dog is the name of the company. And I offer in-home and in my office private lessons for people who live in the greater Seattle area who need some help with their dog. And I work with people who maybe just got a new dog or a new puppy and they just want to get off on the right track. 
And then I also work with people who have more challenging behavioral problems with their dog, maybe anxiety or um, I almost said depression, (laughs) aggression. (laughs) Um, So it really varies. I work with all, all types of people and all types of dogs for all types of reasons. So if you need help with that, um, you can get in touch with me. Uh, my phone number is 206-372-7399, or you can email me, julie at sensitivedog.com. You can always get in touch, with me, in touch with me through the radio show email as well, which is host at dogradioshow.com. So I'm going to talk about separation anxiety in dogs. But before I do that, I want to share with you uh, this promotion that's going on with one of our sponsors, which is Pure Air Odor Eliminator. And Pure Air, air is spelled A-Y-R-E. So anytime I say Pure Air, I want you to think A-Y-R-E. So Pure Air Odor Eliminator, uh, there's a promotion going on um, just through the end of this week now. So it's going to go through February 15th where you'll get 15% off your order and you just need to go to the pureairstore.com and remember that's a y r e for air the pureairstore.com and type in the promo code the dog show so that's easy enough to remember right the dog show is the promo code code you'll get 15% off your order You'll also receive a free four-ounce Pure Air travel spray, which is great for the car or to just keep in your bag, and um, also a Valentine's Day treat as an additional bonus to this promo that's going on exclusively for dog show listeners. So get in on that this week because it's going to end this weekend, February 15th, 15% off your entire order of Pure Air Odor Eliminator with the promo code the dog show. So just type that in as you check out and you'll receive that discount at thepureairstore.com. And I do have a testimonial for Pure Air because we use it in our home. And, you know, I am excited to give this testimonial, but it's a little bit embarrassing too because, I mean, we're talking about odor elimination, which isn't the most delicate of topics, I suppose. (laughs) But, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, let you know what's going on in my house because this stuff works so well. And I especially love it, not only because it works so well, but because it is completely non-toxic. You can actually eat it. It's that non-toxic. So you can put it on your dog. You can have it on your floors, in your environment, in the air, and it's not going to hurt anybody, which is very important, of course, as we're talking about household cleaners or anything that we're going to be putting on or near ourselves, our pets, and our children. So I was ironing and a button-down shirt that I um, haven't worn in a little while, actually. It was a shirt that I wore a lot over the summer because it's sort of a lighter fabric. And I was ironing it. It was clean. And, you know, I got to the area where the arm meets the body, and I was ironing, and all of a sudden I smelt something. And I was like, it's like something off. And it was um, odor that would didn't wash out on the shirt. Um, and I don't know if it's like I use like um, detergent that's mild, like no dye, no perfume, 
you know, clear detergent um, because I have sensitive skin. So I don't know if that's why it didn't wash out or what. But I was like, oh, my God, the shirt still smells. Let's be clear. We're talking about armpit funk, right? That's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. So, but then. Sometimes that can be tough to get out. Yeah. I mean, especially if you were really active. Which I am all the time. Yeah. So, anyway, so at first I was like, oh, and then I was like, ooh, this is a pure air challenge. So I got excited and I went and grabbed our little spray bottle of pure air, saturated the fabric, let it sit overnight, washed it, no more funk. Nice. Yeah. So I've said before that, you know, you can use it like I'll put it in. You can like add it to your laundry. Um, You know, I'll do that if I'm washing like a load of workout clothes or whatever. But this was like an old. What impressed me about this one was that, you know, this shirt, I haven't worn it in a while, like months probably. And, uh, you know, so that was an odor that had been there for a long time. And the pure air, no problem. Took it right out. So. There's lots of applications for this stuff around your house. I mean, anything odor-related, you grab your pure air and spray it on it, and you're good. So if it's as long as it's something that you can put water on, you can put pure air on it and just let it sit, and it'll work its magic. So again, there's a promo for pure air going on 15% off your entire order uh, through February 15th. So you have to get on it now. It is you know just a few days away. So. Just go to the Pure Air store, and of course, air is spelled A-Y-R-E, thepureairstore.com, and type in the promo code THEDOGSHOW and receive 15% off your entire order plus a free four-ounce travel spray and Valentine treat. How exciting. Enjoy. You're going to love this stuff. It's awesome. It works better than any other kind of, uh, you know, odor eliminator or any product that they sell for like cleaning up, you know, accidents in the house, you know, pet related accidents, if there's a a pee or anything like that. I mean, the stuff really, really is awesome. So definitely check it out. Uh, Exciting. The Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is coming up Saturday and Sunday, March 7th and 8th. Can't believe it, which means it's probably daylight savings that weekend, too, because it always falls on the weekend of the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. And um, we'll be losing that hour, which kind of hurts between those long, fun days. But we, I think everyone's going to be happy to have more sunlight so or daylight. So the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Shows at CenturyLink Field Event Center, Saturday and Sunday, March 7th and 8th this year. Um, we'll have a booth, as always, and Pure Air will be there as well. And we're going to be doing something fun together um, between our booths. So definitely swing by the dog show booth. It's in the like main intersection of the um, show on the main floor. So definitely come by, say hi, pick up your free dog show car sticker. And if you can't attend the event, because perhaps you're listening from somewhere else and you would like a dog show car sticker, just email me, host at dogradioshow.com, and I'll send you one. Easy as that. I just need your address. So just send me an email or you can message me through our Facebook page as well, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Let me know how many you want, and I'm happy to send them out to you as well. And our email is host at dogradioshow.com. So when we come back from break, I'm going to talk about separation anxiety in dogs, which is, well, there's a lot going on for this because a lot of times certain behaviors that 
seem like it might be separation anxiety aren't actually separation anxiety. So then what is it and how do you work through it? I just had a really interesting um, new client last night, a dog that I met named Charlie, who had some pretty severe separation anxiety and I think some other things as well going on. So I'm going to share about my time with him, too. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. The Natural Pet Pantry is Seattle's original source for wholesome dog and cat meals, offering eight different protein options to accommodate your pet's dietary needs. Made locally using all U.S. sourced ingredients, their freshly ground stews, raw or cooked, can be purchased from their two stores in Burien and Kirkland, most independent pet supply stores, or delivered right to your door. Go to naturalpetpantry.com for more information. I'm Julie Forbes, and my first choice for my pet's food is the Natural Pet Pantry. It's the educated choice. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Designing Health, makers of Missing Link, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 15th, it's a best Sunday with Dr. Nels Rasmussen. We'll have open phone lines throughout the show. He can help with emotional, behavioral, or physical problems, and he can test for allergies, drug, or supplement compatibility and dosages for you or your animal friends. Call in early for a remote session. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 11. 50. Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair discusses issues that are important to you, like good health and well-being, finding a new job and building your business, overcoming life's big challenges and making sense out of chaos, and living with passion and joy. Join us Mondays at noon Pacific for Conversations Live with Vicki St. Clair. See conversationslive.net for show schedule and guest information. Hey, dog show fans. Does something stink in your home or car? Pure Air is a powerful odor eliminator that is the only natural food-grade product in its category. It works on bedding, kennels, litter boxes, urine, vomit, poop, even skunk spray. You know, all the fun smells our pets bring into our home. It's so non-toxic that you can literally eat it, a requirement for our home and our dogs. Spray Pure Air on anything you can put water on and let your nose watch the odor disappear. Ask for Pure Air in stores that specialize in natural, non-toxic products for home. Or visit DogRadioShow.com for a link to their website. I'm Julie Forbes, your host of The Dog Show. Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Alternative Talk 1150 is on the interwebs. Dial us up at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. A fine music selection, Eric, as we were talking about armpit funk. Yes. I I almost feel like that should be Pure Air's slogan. Give up the funk. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They love that funk because Pure Air just works works its magic on it. So I wanted to send a shout out to our um, other sponsors of The Dog Show who we adore and appreciate. And we have two spots for uh, more partners of the show. So if you're interested in promoting your business or organization to my highly intelligent audience, then get in touch, host at dogradioshow.com, and I'll send you more information about that. We have, of course, Pure Air Odor Eliminator. We have the Natural Pet Pantry, which has been 
uh, one of our show sponsors since pretty much the beginning, which, by the way, Eric, next week is February 18th, which will be to the day six years. Because our first show was February 18th of 2009. Well, we talked about the week flying by. Let's talk about the last six years flying by. No kidding. But we're having a good time, and that's the important part. Yeah. The more I do this, the more there is to talk about. So, great. So, yeah, next week is our six-year anniversary, so that's pretty exciting. And probably on, I'd say, 75% at least of the shows of the last six years, we've pointed out. What a great day it is to take your dog for a walk. Indeed. And I got to say, today is no exception to that rule. It's no exception. It's beautiful. It's a fine day to take your dog for a walk. Even go somewhere new. You know, new smells, new sights. Give your dog a little mental stimulation, as well as physical exercise. You know, when we think of our dog's energy needs, we tend to only think of physical energy needs. And they do have mental energy needs, too. So, Well, not to mention yourself. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Give, give yourself some uh, mental exercise and some yeah. physical exercise. It's good. And try to stay off your phone when you're on that walk with your dog, too. That can be hard to do sometimes. No but kidding, yeah, huh? Being present is, is important, I think. It is. It is, Eric. Especially in the context of working with dogs. So let's talk about working with dogs and specifically about separation anxiety because this is something that is can be kind of a rat's nest of behaviors and it can be pretty complicated. So the first, well, I was inspired to talk about this today because of a client that I had that I met last night for the first time, a new client that I had this really adorable sort of medium to large sized black and white dog named Charlie. And uh, he was seven years old He had lived with his um, current family for about eight months. So he was um, rehomed later in his life, which can be really hard on dogs. Um, And, you know, they had been really struggling with his behavior and specifically that he will not let them put him in the kitchen and bedroom area, which is where he's pretty much secure and can't get out of the house because he's figured out how to open the windows of the house in the living room and will bust out of the house and then hang out in the front yard. Fortunately, will not run far, you know, will not really go anywhere because they, you know, they live in Seattle and that can be dangerous and he could get lost or whatever. And it's, you know, mostly fenced in, but there is, you know, an easy way for him to get out through the driveway if he wanted to. No. Now, wait a sec. You said he figured out how to open the windows. I mean, a lot of people have trouble opening some of the windows. Not Charlie. How does does he do that? I don't know. If, what, what what kind of window is it? Is the kind with the little knob that you twist and then you know, it I opens ask. up, or is it? I don't know. It doesn't have a lock. I. He's. Yeah. He figured out how to open the lock. I don't know. We oh, didn't. Wow. We didn't spend too much time talking about his window opening skills. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was to the point where they could. It wasn't just a matter of like, oh, we just need to lock it. Right. Okay. It, it just. That's amazing. So yeah, it, isn't it? it just piqued mm-hmm. the interest there. Well, he can do that. And so, but what he's figured out, because then they have to, they can't just leave, just leave. They have to put him in the kitchen bedroom area 
and close the door that separates the living room so that he doesn't open the windows and get out of the house. Um, But then what he's figured out, which happens with a lot of dogs that have quote unquote separation anxiety, is they will get really sensitive to triggers that you're going to leave or, you know, signs that they're signs that you're going to leave then turn into triggers for their upset, like picking up the keys, putting on your jacket, putting on your shoes, you know, getting your bag, blah, 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 all of those things that you typically do every time you're actually going to, you know, leave the house. Um, and he was just like, so sense. I mean, any little, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't trick him. He was so, so keen to this and tuned into this. And, you know, so he would like, figure out that you were going, that they were going to leave and then go run and like hide under something so that they couldn't put him in the kitchen bedroom area, which is where he stays safe when he is alone. Um, And then would get aggressive with them when they would try to reach for him if he was like under a chair or something. Um, And basically, you know, try to reach for him and physically move him back there he would kind of kick and scream and and even bite so you know that what's so hard to even talk about this like oh yeah my dog has separation anxiety it's like well I don't really know what exactly that means unless I have the opportunity to talk with you about your dog and ideally meet your dog for a while. I mean, my initial session with new clients is an hour and a half. And when I showed up at this dog's house yesterday, you know, I didn't know, you know, I knew, you know, just a tiny bit of information about what I was, you know, being called out for. But I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see before the lesson where the lesson was going to go. You know, I have to talk to the owner you know, be with the dog, get more information, ask questions, dig around, you know, sniff around, so to speak, and let the lesson unfold because this is something where every dog is different and the solution is certainly, you know, it's not a one-stop shop like, oh, just do this. Just practice leaving you know, for and slowly increase the amount of time that you leave and come back before the dog gets anxious. I mean, that's like the most common information I think that you'll find if you Google separation anxiety, that you have this, there's this protocol where you leave and come back and leave and come back, leave for five seconds, come back in, leave for five seconds, come back in, do it over and over and over again, then leave for 10 seconds, come back in, leave for 10 seconds, come back in over and over and over again, 15 seconds, over and over and over, 20 seconds. I mean, who... One has the time to do thousands of repetitions. I mean, there's a part of that that one just doesn't work. And two, you know, in a lot of cases, I'm sure it works in some cases. So I'm not, you know, saying that it doesn't have any value. But, oh, I've met so many people who have been, you know, advised either by information they have sought out online or in books or even by other trainers that just doesn't work. And then, you know, they're left either thinking that, you know, the behavior just can't be fixed or, you know, you know, frustrated or the dog ends up back at the rescue or shelter or whatever because the behavior has not been resolved. 
And I'd say a lot of the times, at least with the dogs that I see, because that hasn't worked, it's like that's totally missing the mark. It's like having a child that's struggling in English and sending them to a math tutor. You know, you can visit the tutor hours every day for math, but if your challenge is in English, you're not going to get any better in English by studying math. So, um, you know, I think that's like the one of the first things I want to say as I'm attempting to talk about this behavioral challenge that can be very severe, um, you know, in dogs is that it's really hard to even talk about it and hope that I would help anybody because I don't know your dog and I haven't met your dog and I don't know your dog's situation. So I think that's probably the first thing is to know every dog is a unique individual and in properly resolving the behavioral challenge of separation anxiety, you have to first accurately assess where the dog is coming from and exactly what's going on and what that dog as an individual needs to work through the the challenge. So sometimes crating a dog helps. You know, when I had my first dog, Chewy, who's since passed away, um, you know, I got him when he was like four months old. And for the first year that I had him, he was kind of, he would sort of trash the apartment a lot of times, especially if I was gone for a while. And it was usually my roommate's stuff. Oh, he chewed up. I had one roommate that, you know, this was when I was in college. I had one roommate that was like an avid biker and he chewed up his $150 bike helmet that I had to replace. He chewed up his remote to, I think his TV or DVD player it must, or maybe it was a VHS player at that time. I don't know. Um, I had to replace that. Uh, one time it looked, I mean, we were gone for kind of a while, but we got back and it looked like a bomb went off in the house because Chewie had just trashed uh, my roommate's room. Anyway, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to put you in a crate. And he was like, okay, fine. And then just totally chilled out in the crate. I didn't even hardly have to crate train him. But that was what he needed until he you know, eventually matured, and then I didn't have to put him in a crate anymore when I left. So for him, it was just a matter of like, okay, if you're kind of freaking out because you don't know what to do with yourself when you're alone, then I'm going to take that, you know, factor out of the equation for you, and you're going to hang out in this nice comfy crate and, you know, give him a bone or something special to chew on that takes a while and is safe for the dog to be left alone with, and great. Other cases, dogs hate the crate and the crate makes it worse. So, you know, containing the dog, you have to be careful. Sometimes that relieves, you know, upset or anxiety and other times it kind of causes it. So it's like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know, you know, which to say because I don't know your dog. Um, containing space also, I think generally, if if your dog just has too much freedom and maybe your dog does well if, you know, closed off in the kitchen, but if you give the dog reign of the whole house, then, you know, he or she's going to get into your room or get into the, you know, bathroom trash or whatever they're going to do. Um, what I have found to generally not be a good idea is if you're going to contain your dog in a room, to not have it be like the laundry room that's down in a far corner of uh, you know, upper or lower, you know, far corner of anything. It's kind of like feels like solitary confinement and they don't generally do as well confined in those areas where they're really isolated versus if you can find them like in the kitchen 
or, you know, like a, a space in more of the main living area. And that's also can be a good kind of general rule for where you put the crate also. You know, dogs might have an easier time if you put the crate in, you know, the main living area where they spend more of their time and are more comfortable versus like often some dark, cold corner of the house where nobody ever hangs out. And this is true, like even for puppies, if you're bringing a puppy home and the puppy's going to sleep in a crate overnight, put the crate in your bedroom, you know, rather than have them be, you know, alone somewhere. It's not to say that they can't be, you know, down in the main family area and everyone else is in their room, but I've always found it to be easier on the puppies to be, you know, in a crate, yes, you have to get used to being in the crate, but you're still really close to me. So it kind of uh, makes it easier for them. Sometimes dogs are not actually necessarily anxious, but they're just mad that you are not taking them with you. I have seen this a lot of times when someone says, hey, I need, you know, I need to set up an appointment with you. I need you to come out and meet my dog and help me because my dog has separation anxiety. And it's actually not technically separation anxiety. The dog is actually just not accepting that you're not taking them with you. So yes, this can cause upset, but I wouldn't necessarily call it like clinical anxiety. So, you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, it's just a matter of setting a boundary with the dog. Like, hey, this may not be your first choice, but you have to accept that you're not coming with me. And this definitely seemed to play into my client that I met with last night to a degree, although he also, I think, I think he was maybe experiencing both. Um, definitely anxiety, a, a real true anxiety response, you know, a physiological response where he would sort of you know, lick the carpet or, you know, pant really heavily. I mean, he was clearly really, 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 really rattled. Um, but then he was also like, no, you're not, you know, part of it was like, no, you are not bringing me back into this area and leaving the house without me. And so, you know, what we worked on with him, because this dog was so sensitive to you know, even reaching for the doorknob of the door that they close to close him into that kitchen bedroom area. He would just like freak and start to pant and, ah, you know, completely panic. So we just started out like ground level wait at the door and working with him on, you know, waiting at the door and just starting to establish in the most mellow and controlled way, having him accept that separation of really, a, you know, a couple feet. You're on this side of the doorway and I'm on this side of the doorway and the door's not even closed. And that, at first, that, that was like completely just freaked him out. He was like, no, trying to bust through and, you know, pawing at the leash and like, ah, like completely came unglued. And through that first session, we were really able to work with him on, you know, through the training and through engaging his brain and taking really, really, really small steps and building his confidence also in the work that he was doing, we're able to, you know, kind of establish that. But, you know, a lot of times 
the dog, it's like, okay, well, my dog barks when I leave. And then sometimes it's just a matter, not in his case, but in other cases, or it's just coming back in and having it not be pleasant for the dog. Like, listen, you don't want me coming back in if it's as a result of your barking. You know, don't be barking after me as I'm trying to leave the house. You just need to relax and chill out. And sometimes dogs just need that behavior to be interrupted for them to be like, oh, okay, fine. And then they, you know, hang out. So, you know, one thing that I'll do, like, especially with puppies, if they're in a crate is, you know, walk out the door, close the door as soon as the dog starts to bark and protest, not just a little whine or, you know, but I'm talking about barking that doesn't just go away after, you know, a short amount of time. I'm talking about something that needs to be interrupted. You know, it's gotten to that point. So once we've established that that is the case, because sometimes you can just ignore it and then the dog's like, oh, all right, whatever. And then they just accept it. So if, if you've already tried that first, then you can try to up it a little bit. And when you leave, as soon as you hear the dog start to bark or howl or whatever that open mouth protest is going to be, you come flying back into the house, you know, bang on the crate. No. And then fly back out. And the dog's like, whoa. You know, or if that doesn't work, um, you can try a squirt bottle with water. So just a couple squirts in the face with the word no. And it's just cause and effect. It's just like, listen, you, like I said, you don't want me coming back in if it's as a res- as a result of this protesting sort of tantrumy behavior. Now, what comes up for me as soon as I say this, when I'm not one on one with somebody <laughs> and I know that this is what you know, the dog probably needs is that I don't want you to do this if the dog is actually anxious. (laughs) Because, you know, giving a, you know, negative input like that, if the dog's actually having, you know, the equivalent of an anxiety attack, to me would feel cruel. So, you know, I don't think that providing a consequence in general is a bad thing. I mean, that's kind of how the world works. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to communicate to a dog when they make a wrong choice and it's okay to correct a dog or provide a consequence. Of course, it's going to be fair and done responsibly and well-timed and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, you know, that's something that works really well, you know, in over and over and over again that I've seen over the years. But, you know, I, I hesitate to recommend that somebody do that if the dog is actually anxious. So you have to be so sensitive. And again, that comes back to kind of my first point in this conversation about separation anxiety is that you have to first accurately assess what's going on with the dog. You know, is this anxiety or is this that the dog is mad that you're leaving? Is this not about you or is this about more that the dog doesn't want to be closed behind a barrier? That's called barrier frustration. So it's not really about being separated from you. It's that the anxiety or upset actually comes because they're closed behind a barrier. So I've seen this, um, you know, over the years as well. And actually Lois, <clears throat> our old dog Haven final refuge dog, who we've had now for, I think, eight months. You know, I think we just realized maybe it's been longer than that because I think we got her in May. So Old Dog Haven is a wonderful organization here locally that finds uh, foster homes and forever homes for old dogs who are in need of a home. You know, they get old dogs out of shelters and rescue organizations and into homes. 
for no matter, you know, doesn't matter how long the dogs have left. So we opened our home to Lois, who is an old dog haven dog and who has completely transformed, by the way, being fed natural pet pantry cooked stew uh, between our other um, show partners, the Natural Pet Pantry and Jet City Animal Clinic in Seattle, um, between the good nutrition and the great care at Jet City with Dr. Anderson. Lois is, I mean, she she was presented to us as a potentially a hospice dog not knowing how, how much longer she had left. And here we are approaching almost a year of having her. And our friends joke she gets younger and younger every time we see her. So she's doing great. Lois, however, who's, a I don't know, 10 or 12 years old, she does not like to be closed behind doors. She will be destructive. I mean, she'll scratch, you know, scratch at the door. She scratched paint off of an office door because we were feeding her I think it was because we were feeding her her dinner in there because we had some other dogs staying with us. So we kind of had to separate them out and manage them a little bit more than usual during feeding time. Well, we learned the hard way that Lois does not like to be closed behind doors and that she'll scratch at the door and scratch the paint off the door. Lois does not have separation anxiety. Lois hangs out loose, you know, in the main part of the house and sleeps on the couch when we leave. So she's like, see you later. I mean, she's happy when we come back and all that kind of stuff. But she's just, you know, we'll be like, okay, see ya. And she's like, all right, see ya. And she goes and, you know, gets up on the couch. But do not close her behind a door. She doesn't like that. She also hates to be in a crate. Actually, being in a crate causes her to be anxious. So And she'll pant and drool and, you know. And I have, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I know that her circumstances were not great based off of what we know from her previous home. And how she ended up in a shelter. Um, But that's easy to manage. It's like, okay, well, you don't go in a crate. You don't need to be in a crate. And we won't close you behind doors again. (laughs) At least not for a long time because she doesn't like it. But that's not separation anxiety. That's more like barrier frustration. So, um, you know, the kind of trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going on with this dog? Is this something that we can manage in our environment and just know what to do and what not to do and kind of where the dog is comfortable and where they aren't comfortable if they if they are compromised in, you know, being left alone. Is a crate going to help or is a crate going to be a problem? You know, you're not going to know these things until you until you find out. Of course, you know, I mean, as with everything, like, is the dog getting enough exercise? Is the dog getting enough mental and physical stimulation? Um, pent-up energy, especially with young dogs, can be a great uh, great reason for them, or if they're lonely, to be destructive. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that you're covering all your bases there. You know, what kind of food are you feeding? Are you feeding some nasty food that's, you know, you get at the grocery store that's got who knows what in it that's causing the dog to be, you know, jittery or not feel well or causing them to have an allergy? Is there something medical going on? You know, definitely, especially in, you know, severe cases, I'm in conversation with my clients with them about, you know, have they talked to their vet about what's going on, you know, and making sure that there's not something medical that's going on that might be causing the dog to be anxious or agitated. So there's a lot to consider here with separation anxiety. Um, Unfortunately, so I started, I was sort of inspired to talk about this because of the client that I had last night who had pretty severe separation anxiety, um, 
and working with him and really just starting to try to untangle this behavior for him. And, you know, what's so um, frustrating and kind of sad is that, you know, the dog, the industry of dog training and behavior is really not regulated at all. Um, and it is challenging even, you know, for someone who's had proper, you know, education and experience and is qualified to coach other people, every dog is different. So, um, but unfortunately I've worked with a lot of people who have, you know, worked with other people one-on-one and just didn't get good information, maybe because the person was more of a trainer and not qualified to work with behavior. Um, that's pretty common because there's a difference between dog training and dog behavior. My client last night was told that the dog was too anxious to be trained, but she was using a clicker with treats, and I'm not sure what place that had in this conversation, but you know, if a dog is so severely anxious that he's breaking out of the house, treats are probably not going to be the answer. But just because a dog doesn't take a treat doesn't mean they can't be trained. So, you know, I encourage people if you're like, well, I've already met with somebody and it didn't help. It's like, well, maybe, maybe you need to just find someone who's a better fit for you and your dog and to not give up too soon. Um, So, like I said, separation anxiety is a very complex thing. A lot of times quote unquote separation anxiety is applied to dogs when they actually don't have separation anxiety. They're either just throwing a tantrum that you're leaving and they're just mad, not accepting the boundary essentially, or maybe it's barrier frustration and not really about the separation of you, but that they're behind something. Um, So accurately assessing that is so important before you move forward with a plan because you want to make sure that you're formulating a plan around the right thing. So I'm going to kind of share some final thoughts about separation anxiety when we come back from break. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on air about your dog, your dog's behavior, I've even had people come on the show, um, you know, over the phone from other states and talk about um, things if I think it's a a good opportunity to bring up a lot of information for listeners. Just email me, host at dogradioshow.com. Or you can fill out the contact form on our website. If you go to dogradioshow.com, go to the contact page, and then you can fill out uh, that you have a question that you'd like me to answer on air. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. If I had my life to live over, I know just what I'd like to be. Pampered pet of a rich brunette. Sitting on the mama's knee Someone to love me Someone to care Rub a dub and dub a little Fingers through my hair and lead a dog's life What a life That's good enough for me Pure Air's powerful formula lets you eliminate pet odors safely. It's strong enough to effectively get rid of smells like urine plus stronger odors like those that can be caused by illness. Pure Air is safe enough to spray directly onto people, animals, or use in the bath or laundry. Pure Air is perfect for dealing with dire situations, refreshing your dog between baths, or just before company comes. Pure Air is the most effective product you can buy to remove stinky pet odors safely. Find it at stores like Mud Bay, McClendon's, and Natural Pet Pantry, or visit their website, pureair.com. That's pure, A-Y-R-E. I'm Julie Forbes, host of The Dog Show. 
Pure Air is the only odor eliminator you'll find in my home. You'll love it. Wish your dog didn't hate going to the vet? Wish you were welcomed by a team who cared? Jet City Animal Clinic is an enjoyable respite from the same old thing. Dr. Anderson and her team have created a full-service facility that combines veterinary expertise with a comfortable style. Jet City Animal Clinic is located in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood on 12th Avenue across from Seattle U. Bring your crazy questions, odd ideas, and alternative thinking. Jet City Animal Clinic will work with you to keep your furry family members healthy and happy. Traditionally educated with an open mind, call us at 206-329-0253 or email info at jetcityanimalclinic.com to make an appointment. Jet City Animal Clinic, a unique approach to the health care of your urban pet, a local family practice, jetcityanimalclinic.com. This is Julie Forbes, dog training, behavior, and nutrition specialist and owner of Sensitive Dog, thoughtful guidance for you and your dog. If your dog needs basic obedience training, a behavior evaluation, or food consultation, I can help you. Call me at 206-372-7399 or visit my website, www.sensitivedog.com. I teach group obedience classes, in-home lessons, and evaluations, and a two-week intensive training program called Higher Education. Again, I'm Julie Forbes, Seattle's dog behavior training and nutrition specialist www.sensitivedog.com You're listening to Alternative Talk 1150 AM Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I've been talking about separation anxiety uh, during the show today and some experience I've had working with clients uh, with their dogs with quote unquote separation anxiety. And if you've been listening to this show, you know that that is sort of a umbrella term that is sometimes misapplied and is used to describe a dog who exhibits certain behaviors like barking or howling when gone or destructive behavior, or, you know, clawing at doors or those kinds of things. And sometimes it's not separation anxiety. Sometimes it's about barrier frustration. Sometimes the dog's just not accepting that you're leaving him. So accurate assessment is the first step to, you know, resolving the behavior. Um, so if you missed this conversation, if you're just tuning in now and you'd like to catch up on that, you can find this episode and all of our over 300 episodes archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. And you can also go to iTunes and download it for free as a free audio podcast. Just search for The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. There was one other kind of main part about this that this topic separation anxiety in dogs that I wanted to talk about and that is about medication. Now medication is not my area of expertise but given that my area of expertise is dog training and behavior I certainly find myself working with my clients veterinarians sometimes to try medication in certain situations. My personal approach is that I you know, medication I think of as more of of as a last resort. And when I say medication, I'm talking about like, you know, doggy Prozac kind of thing. Um, you know, it's not the first thing that I go to when working with behavioral challenges. Um, sometimes they can be helpful though. So, but what I have learned about in working with veterinarians with my clients around medication is that 
just like with people, you know, it's part of the challenge if medication is going to help your dog is in finding the right one because, um, you know, what works for one dog might not work for another dog. So if you try, you know, if you think that, you know, between you and your vet and maybe a trainer or expert in behavior, especially expert in behavior, feel that medication might be something worth trying, you know, that can be a process because maybe you try one, maybe you try Prozac and you don't notice any difference in your dog. Okay. Try Clomacalm. Don't notice any difference. Uh, Trazodone. Oh, that one worked really well. Um, so there's lots of different drugs to try also in the realm of medication. So finding the right one, if you do decide that you want to try medication, um, is important because every dog is different. What works for one doesn't work for the other. And just because you try one doesn't mean that, you know, if that didn't work, then medication in general won't work. Maybe you just need to try a different one. And the other thing is dosage. So my client, um, had tried two different medications, the one that I met with last night, whose dog has pretty severe separation anxiety um, and also, I think, barrier frustration and kind of a lot of things going on with him, um, was that they had tried a couple different medications. They tried Prozac, which they had not noticed any difference. And then they had also tried Xanax, but the Xanax just basically knocked him out. And then I was like, well, what's the dosage? And the dosage was high. So, you know, well, maybe the maybe that would work, but you need to, you know, cut the dose in like a quarter of what you were giving or an eighth if it's having that dramatic of an effect on the dog. So, again, medication is not my area of expertise. I always work with a veterinarian or veterinary behaviorist around psych meds for dogs. Um, it's not the first thing that I go to when working with dog training and behavior, but in some cases they can help. And I have had, you know, I've had a lot of clients, probably a majority of the clients that have told me that they haven't had success with medication, but I have had certainly some clients who have told me that it has helped to, uh, you know, temporarily get the dog going in the right direction or if the dog's having really severe anxiety or something like that, it can really help just as it, just as it can with people. So you just want to make sure you're, you know, you found the right one, the right fit for your dog chemically, and also that you have the dosage right. So just keep that open as you're working with your vet about that. Um, and if you don't feel like, if you don't feel confident in the advice you're getting, then seek another opinion and find the right fit for you and your dog. Um, so, like I said, if you've missed any part of this conversation about separation anxiety, you can listen to the show archived on our website, dogradioshow.com. Also, a free podcast on iTunes. And if you live in the greater Seattle area and you'd like to have me out to work with you and your dog, I'm certainly available to do that. I have home office hours in um, South Seattle, and then I also do in-home lessons um, in Seattle and around Seattle. So you can reach me 206-372-7399, or you can email me, julie at sensitivedog.com is my training and behavior email. You can also email me at host at dogradioshow.com and that'll get me get you to me as well. So <clears throat> also, uh, again, I was talking about the be at the beginning of the show about the um, promotion that's going on right now for Pure Air Odor Eliminator. 
This stuff is awesome. I just recently used it to get out that armpit funk in the shirt that just the wash, you know, my no perfume, no dye detergent didn't do the trick for this one. So um, saturated that fabric with pure air and let it sit overnight and then washed it and it is clean as a whistle. So pure air is non-toxic, so non-toxic you can actually eat it. They don't recommend you eat it, but you can. And uh, which is, of course, important. You can put it directly on your dog if you just need to, you know, deal with an odor spot on your dog, you know, carpeting floors, spraying it in the air itself, putting it in the laundry, you know, spraying your car, litter box, whatever. Any odor in the house, anything you can put water on, you can treat it with pure air. And 15% off. Just for the next few days. So you got to get in on this soon. This ends February 15th. If you go to the pureairstore.com, pureair, A Y R E store.com, the pureairstore.com, and type in the promo code the dog show, and you'll receive 15% off your entire order. You'll also receive a free four ounce travel spray bottle of pure air which is great to keep in the car if your car kind of gets that doggy smell especially when it's wet out um and a free valentine treat as part of this promotion so the promo code is the dog show it doesn't matter if there's a space or capitals or whatever just type in the dog show you'll get that 15 percent off discount and a free four ounce travel bottle and valentine treat with your order and you're gonna love this stuff it works better than anything else i've tried and I've been in this industry for a long time. Whether your dog had an accident in the house or whatever, it's good stuff. So <clears throat> big thank you again to our other show partners, uh, the Natural Pet Pantry, raw and cooked food for dogs and cats. The stuff is awesome. It's my number one choice for what you feed your pet, the Natural Pet Pantry, um, www.naturalpetpantry.com. And then uh, Dr. Erica Anderson and Jet City Animal Clinic in Seattle. Uh, if you're looking for a regular vet who will work with you, who is open-minded, attentive, and just wonderful to work with, Dr. Anderson at Jet City Animal Clinic is wonderful. JetCityAnimalClinic.com. And don't forget the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show is coming up March 7th and 8th, Saturday and Sunday, Daylight Savings Weekend. And uh, it's one of my favorite events all year, um, Saturday and Sunday, March 7th and 8th at CenturyLink Field Event Center in Seattle, the Seattle Kennel Club Dog Show. It's a really fun event. We'll have a booth there as we do every year, and uh, it'll be great to see you. So come down and say hi to us. Well, we'll be back next Wednesday live at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Julie Forbes.